Beryl Graham pulled on her North Face jacket and ran her fingers through her short, dark hair as she walked around her pepper-white Mini Cooper to open the passenger door for Flannery. The soulful old bulldog looked up at her and then eyed the distance to the ground warily. Come on, Flano, it's not that far, you can do it, she urged. The stout, short-legged dog edged cautiously to the door and tentatively reached her paw out over the gaping precipice before shaking her sloppy jowls and backing away. It's not the Grand Canyon, you know, Beryl teased affectionately, noticing that drool was now splattered across her dashboard. The homely face gazed at her forlornly, and she couldn't help but laugh. I know, I know. Someday I'll be old and need help too. Although honestly, I think I'd rather leave this earth before I need help. She reached around Flannery's barrel-shaped belly, scooped her up, and set her gently on the ground. Without looking back, the compact canine waddled off, sniffing the new dandelions sprouting up everywhere across her old stomping grounds. Beryl watched her go and shook her head. She opened the trunk, pulled out two threadbare green bags, bulging with groceries, slung one over her shoulder, and then wedged the bag of Macintosh apples into the cardboard box from the package store. She hoped she'd remembered everything. Two bottles of Toasted Head Chardonnay for Isaac, and a barefoot Pinot for good measure, she murmured, mimicking her oldest sister's New England accent, and a bottle of Rex Goliath for Rumor. The one with the rooster on it, Rumor had said, trying to trigger Beryl's memory. But when Beryl had stood in front of the red wines, she couldn't remember if Rumor had said Merlot or Cabernet, so she'd finally decided on free-range red, knowing her organically-minded middle sister would appreciate that the rooster had been allowed to wander. Beryl hitched the box up into her arms, reached into the corner of the trunk for the small paper bag of beeswax candles and a fresh tin of English breakfast tea leaves, and tried to balance everything on her knee while she closed the trunk. Not happening, she muttered. It didn't matter. She wasn't staying long. She just had to drop off the groceries, get Flan settled, and then head to Logan to pick up Rumor. She looked up at the old farmhouse full of memories. Its peeling white paint glowed in the melancholy light of late afternoon sun, and its windows reflected the bright flames that were streaking across the azure sky. It looked as if an artist had dipped his brush in orangey-pink water and swept it across the scene, washing it in the translucent warm hues of day's end and then splashed bright, fiery orange on the windows. Beryl could almost hear her mom's soft, unassuming voice quoting one of her favorite writers. The setting sun is reflected from the windows of the almshouse as brightly as from the rich man's abode. Beryl smiled, remembering how much Mia had loved Thoreau. She even named her cat after him. And then her smile dissolved remembering that she'd forgotten to feed the famous author's namesake who, after 13 years, still presided over Mia's tea shop. Oh well, poor Thoreau would just have to wait. Stay around, Flano, she called over her shoulder. The pudgy dog nosed around under the tire swing that hung from a majestic old oak tree, but didn't look up. No deer poop, she warned. But Flan didn't hear, or else chose to ignore her because she suddenly began to gulp down the new delicacy she'd found. Okay, if you must, but please don't roll in it. As if on cue, 
Flannery fell on her fat side and began wriggling around in the tall grass. Beryl shook her head and looked up to heaven. Mom, she implored, could you please get your dog to behave? She set the box on one of the Adirondack chairs on the front porch and fished around in her pocket for the key. Finally, she pulled the entire contents out of her pocket and realized, in alarm, that she was still carrying around her mom's wedding rings. She slipped them on her finger, found the key, unlocked the door, picked up the box, and went inside. Setting everything on the old Formica table in the kitchen, she took off her jacket, threw it over a chair, and opened the fridge. When the light didn't come on, she had a sinking feeling the power was out. Then she remembered that she'd unplugged it after she'd helped her mom move into the nursing home.